The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. When Jesus entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things, and who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them, I will also ask you one question. If you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven, or was it of human origin? And they argued with one another, If we say from heaven, he will say to us, Why then did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the crowd, for all regard John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We do not know. And he said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went. The father went to the second and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said, the first. Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. The Gospel of the Lord. Thank you. God. Our uh, Old Testament reading uh, for today uh, exhibits uh, many uh, powerful themes. Uh, not the least of which uh, is the relationship of the newly liberated uh, Israel with their God. And in our um, reading today, uh, we hear of uh, their problems um, and of uh, their demands uh, to receive water. Now, uh, we might say, well, what's wrong with this picture? Uh, because um, this isn't really the way to approach uh, the God who has brought them out of slavery in Egypt. And yet, for all that, uh, our Lord uh, is patient enough uh, so that, indeed, he brings water to them. And... This water is no small thing. It, uh, if you can imagine, it comes out sort of like uh, from a fire hose or from a fire hydrant, just bursting through. And uh, then, as in now, particularly in desert areas, uh, water is, is life. And uh, moving water, that is of a stream, uh, is uh, filled with the Spirit. We know this because at baptism... We, we take the flagon of water and we lift it fairly high and pour it in rather a uh, chaotic fashion into the bowl. That is living water, living water, not still or stale. And so the people of Israel had a chance to drink their fill. 
However, their relationship with God, their faith relationship with God, uh, had hardly developed at all. Uh, and if we remember from last week, um, they said, uh, we're hungry. Give us something to eat. Uh, and if you don't, maybe we should go back to Egypt because at least we got something to eat, even though we were in bondage. Now, uh, I don't know about you, but, but that's a bad attitude. <laughs> and uh, I, God, God was not pleased, but... In both of these instances, uh, he offered uh, what they wanted uh, with Moses' help. Um, and uh, you remember that um, quails, the meat came in the evening in, in the form of small quails, and they gathered them and they ate them. And then in the morning, uh, there came a similitude of bread, uh, which uh, is called uh, manna. Uh, which means uh, in Hebrew, uh, what is it? It's sort of like, what is it? It's sort of like spam. You know? <laughs> and and um, so they didn't know what it was, but they, they collected it. And again, uh, this is, these are showing sort of human traits. Like initially, they kind of gathered up more than they needed. And Moses had to say to them, look, this is your daily bread. It is sufficient for what you need. You can't store extra, because if you do, it will rot. Except for one thing. You can do that, that is, take extra for the Sabbath, when nothing is to be done. But aside from that, uh, you must collect it on a daily basis. And uh, so these people are being sustained by God in a very dramatic way. And then, as, as we've heard, they... They become thirsty, and um, they grumble to God. Um, the word is Meribah, which means to quarrel, and Masa, which means to test. So they were both grumbling, that is, that is uh, they were quarreling with God, um, and they were testing God in a rather childish way. That is, they were saying, well... They would stamp their feet and say, well, if you're not going to give me what I want, I'm going to go back to Egypt. And that's, you know, not, they, that's dumb. I mean, they, 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 would, they wouldn't really do that, I don't think. But um, they sort of had things out of perspective. And so if you, if you understand the Sinai, the Sinai is a desert. It's chaos. There's no, it's formless. There's no clear society. There's nothing. They were just fleeing, and they had yet to develop their own lifestyle, their own religion. And so it's sort of a workshop, this place, a workshop where they can begin to come close to God. But so far, they're batting zero for two. They have not done what they should do. And if we move ahead with the story, uh, unfortunately, it gets worse because uh, they go to Horeb. Remember, Horeb is the holy mountain, Mount Sinai. And uh, the wilderness of sin is sort of ironic, but the wilderness of sin is this huge desert between the Red Sea and the holy mountain, Mount Horeb. And so they go to Mount Horeb, and as we know, uh, Moses went up into the mountain to receive the law. But in the meantime, 
In the meantime, they, um, they had all their uh, women folk melt down any uh, gold items that they had and made it into a golden calf, which they then proceeded uh, to worship. And when Moses got back, um, that was not good. They, they got in huge trouble. Many of them were destroyed. But in addition, God really sort of said, you know, I, I'm not going to bother with this anymore. We're going to go for 40 years in the desert until all of you are dead. And there's a new group that could come up and maybe they can enter the land of Canaan without these besmirched lives. And so that's what, exactly what God did. And for me, I think thinking about this experience and about the combination of deliverance and punishment, I think really it's not a bad idea to give some consideration uh, to the Sinai experience uh, for, for all of us. And um, I, I think one of the problems that we have sometimes um, is we we don't have enough we don't have enough uh, acceptance of the fact that uh, we are the children of God, not the other way around. We are the children of God, and as such, as such, we have both obligations, but then we also have wonderful opportunities to be with the Father. And so um, this this issue of uh, being to, to accept these things and really believe them, which is no small feat. But I think, for instance, that's what we come to do here when we worship together and celebrate the Eucharist together. So acceptance is, is really the, the first thing. And as soon as you do that, there's gratitude. And I'm sorry, I didn't see any gratitude in Israel, in the people of Israel. They just, they just took. They, they, didn't, they didn't say thank you. So gratitude has to emerge out of acceptance, because if you truly have acceptance, you realize the true nature of the relationship between you and God, which is that, you know, he loves us, he cares for us, he will be of sufficient love to deliver us. We don't need to be checking on it, you know, and saying, we want this and we want that. Faith in God and acceptance and gratitude means, no, that's, that's not necessary. And then, once we have this gratitude, it galvanizes us not to words, but to actions. It's actually making us do things. You remember the two sons um, in the gospel. The one son says, nah, I'm not going to go. And he goes. He goes and does something. And the other son is just talking. And he doesn't do anything. Our Lord wants us to, quote, unquote, get involved. Get involved with him and his world. And if we do so, inevitably we'll be willing and we will reach out in all sorts of different ways in our personal lives, uh, in, in lives where we give of ourselves in service, and we make donations. Maybe perhaps we're kinder than we might have been with somebody. All of these things are part of being willing. Willing. I am willing to do it. I mean, as soon as you say you're willing, that's a huge thing. And willing is realized by doing, not by talking. No, it's realized by doing. And there again, God is with us to help us in that, in that actual experience. And then, after you're willing and you do things, you begin to say, wow, there's hope here. This is going to work. 
it's going to work because I've worked through certain things. You know, I've accepted what I need to accept. I'm grateful. Remember, you know, being grateful is to accept uh, the unmerited gift of God. That's what grace is. You know, you can't really understand it, but that's what it is. So that's gratitude. And after that, after that, we, we become willing to do things. Absolutely. And then we have hope. And hope, I think, is an, encourage, uh, it's an encouraging event that happens on a daily basis and as such gives us maybe more strength or more abilities than we would otherwise. And it can be practiced. You can live a life of hope. And it's a positive thing and a good thing. And then finally, I think if you kind of put enough days of hope together, then your faith blossoms. Your faith blossoms. And your faith is a certainty. A certainty that God will help. And remember, not only uh, here in, in, with Israel, but throughout the ancient world, a God was defined as useful for what he did for people. And if he didn't do anything for people, forget about it. He wasn't a God. He wasn't, he wasn't a God. And that's not what faith dictates to us. We, we have to turn ourselves over to the strength of God and follow his lead. So all of these things, I think, um, are kind of swirling around, you know, when you go into the desert. The desert is a mysterious place, uh, and uh, it helps you rethink things. Um, and I don't know if any of you have, have been down, uh, you know, to any desert areas in this country, but that's the way I felt about the ones I've seen. They're, uh, you know, they're just really powerful, uh, powerful places where you can seek God. And so we're left then with, well, what shall we do? What shall we do? And um, I think it's pretty simple, really, uh, but not easy. And that is that uh, we, uh, we seek God, we know God, and we serve God. And those three things are what allow us to have contact with God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.